the perfect combination of versatile athleisure and training apparel has arrived. Thanks to the visionary minds of New Balance, Clutch Athletics, and Rich Paul, the designs reflect the heart of the athlete and the spirit of the community. With rising defensive football stars Will Anderson and Chase Young on the roster, Clutch Athletics brings the best innovative gear to all athletes, giving them style and performance on and off the field. Learn more and purchase Clutch Athletics at NewBalance.com. Welcome back to the Cover 3 Podcast with your hosts, Chip Patterson, Tom Fernelli, Danny Cannell, and Bud Elliott. It's your call for the best college football coverage from National Signing Day to the National Championship and everything in between. CBS Sports presents the Cover 3 Podcast. And welcome back to the Cover 3 Podcast here on CBS Sports. That's Tom Finelli. That's Danny Cannell. That's Bud Elliott. I'm Chip Patterson. So happy to be here for the final Bull Locks show of the season. Uh, we have had a lot of our games from the last Bull Locks episode be voided on the lock stock, but... Uh, we are hopeful that as we've gotten to this point in the calendar and as we've gotten to the games with these kind of stakes, that maybe we might see uh, a few more of these locks actually get played out. Thanks to all of you that are joining us live at youtube.com slash cover three. Uh, as we promised, this is your Duke's Mayo Bowl pregame show appointment viewing for those of you who are getting it first. So, we are, we're like we're not going to waste any time. We need to get it to you, gentlemen. Are you all ready to lock it up? Let's do it. We're picking locks. My blue plate special five star locks are coming since 2005 when Service Academy's locks. Come get these locks. Five star master lock. Lock it up. Younger is 33.91. We've gone over it a million times. You want these locks? I'm 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 living and dying every every point every cover. Charlotte, North Carolina, Bank of America Stadium, a border war, North Carolina and South Carolina, both teams entering at six and six. The line, and this is a, a theme for some of today's games, has been moving as this thing, as I'm looking at it right now, we got some 12s on the board. I don't know if there's even a 12 and a half yet. Uh, so do we have any locks for the Duke's Mayo Bowl? We did. Now, hold on. Does mine count? Because last week, remember, I had to leave early. Mm -hmm. And then I texted you guys in the chat. I was like, give me UNC minus eight. And then I looked on the I looked on the spreadsheet, the doc, and I'm like, why didn't they put that in there? And then I was like, oh, that game takes place after next week's locks. I can't get that number. Like, I can't. No. That, that doesn't count. No. Hey, don't be afraid. Lay them. Layup. I am well, locking up the Tar Heels. If Danny gets that number, I want uh, Tennessee plus three, which I bet. And now, no. now, they're, now they're minus seven. No, no. The rules of the locks pod is that when we are recording, that is the number you're selecting. And I, I'm going to take the Tar Heels, and, and I am absolutely going to lay every single one of those points. It's Sam Howell against Zeb Nolan. Like I, I understand that Sam Howell didn't live up to the expectations that – you or me or anyone else might have had, but we are talking about Sam Howell against Zeb Nolan in this game. I'm, it's it, uh, two touchdowns feels feels just fine. So uh, I'll take the Tar Heels. 
Yeah, you know, we talked about on today's bowl season daily chip that, like I would mentioned, if this got to 10, I would consider South Carolina. But the fact that it moved as much as it did in a short of amount of a time, I'm just going to be staying away from because I have a feeling we're going to be finding something out here soon. Oh, I mean, there's there was rumors this game could get canceled. Yeah, so yeah. I'm I'm guessing, considering the way that the line has moved, one of these teams might be dealing with some issues right now. So our 24-7 sports site, The Big Spur, shout out Hale and, and JC and all those guys do a great job. Literally, the number the art article in the, in the carousel with the number one placement is, who made it to Bank of America Stadium? <laughs> yeah. I mean, this is like Shane Beamer does not want to cancel this game. He wants to be able to lead South Carolina out there. He knows there's a ton of alumni in the Charlotte metro area and a ton of uh, fans that made the drive. I mean, let's be honest. Charlotte is South Carolina. Uh, Might as well be an in-state game for them. But I, I think the team that's out on the field will likely be down a few players. And if we're talking about the South Carolina roster, it is a roster. Bud, check me on this with less talent top to bottom than North Carolina's roster right now. I think so. Yeah. So missing a few people, I, I, I'm not going to be scared of it. I will lay them with the Tar Heels. I uh, so Zeb Nolan, lest you forget, did leave a did lead a touchdown game winning drive against the Vanderbilt Commodores way back in week whatever it was. Um, I don't know. I'm scared about this game, but I want to take something. I need something in this game. I'll take the under because I do think. If it is sideways, if North Carolina does blow him out, Mac Brown, man of class, I think he respects Shane Beamer. He doesn't want to run it up on anybody. They'll start running the ball. The second half will become a four-minute drill. Both teams are like, hey, I don't want to get anybody hurt. Let's just get out of here, get as many bodies healthy. So I'll take the under. I feel safer with the under on the total than I do on a side. Uh, so I'll take the under. What is it, 57 and a half? Yeah, Mm -hmm. North Carolina is a very good rushing team, and Sam Howell's been a big part of that. Ty Chandler's had a career year uh, in that rushing attack, and uh, Will in the chat is is he drops a "Wouldn't it be hilarious?" that I will agree with, even though it means my lock goes sideways. Says, "Wouldn't it be hilarious if Sam Howell loses to South Carolina in no? He beat South Carolina in his first start. Ah, yeah, that was a must champ special. Remember? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, this is I was going to think about the storybook ending because it was Mac Brown's first game back on the sideline and it was Sam Howell's first career start at the beginning of his true freshman season and he came out and he beat South Carolina in Charlotte in this stadium. So I mean, you know, if it Sam Howell I I am expecting Sam Howell to go to the NFL draft. That is not, you know, me reporting anything. That is just my prediction and I feel pretty confident in it. And I, I could see this being a, a little bit of a bookend scenario for him. By the way, I told uh, all the hosts here, but just so the audience knows, uh, Lauren Brownlow of WRL Sports Fan has confirmed that there is a Gatorade or, or a jug of mayonnaise that is being prepared. It has, according to Lauren, four and a half gallons of Duke's mayonnaise with a little bit of water to be able to make it better for dumping. I've heard allegations that that just makes it Alabama white sauce or ranch dressing. That's weak sauce. (laughs) Like like Duke's mayo, you really couldn't just unload as much as it took to just totally slime and drench the coach in mayonnaise and that's it? I don't know. And so Duke's mayo, I think, is putting up – the bowl game is putting up like a $10,000 to charity 
for uh, to the charity of the choice of the coach who's going to do it. So here in a couple hours, uh, we will see mayonnaise sliding down the back, watered down mayonnaise sliding down the back of either Mac Brown or Shane Beamer. Since they've agreed to it, do they have to like just wear it? Because a lot of times the coach tries to run away and you kind of get the half on the shoulder and then most of it goes on the ground. Because they've agreed to this charity, you kind of have to sit there and take it, right? Oh, you you not only sit there and take it, but you make them wait to do it until your entire social media team has their cameras perfectly locked in yeah. on you so that we could do this like with the slow-mo cam and also on the IG live. I think I think it's going to be a whole production. Oh, yeah, because it. it's about <laughs> recruiting. A <laughs> uh, little bit later in the afternoon on Thursday, 3 o'clock p.m. Eastern time, we will be in Nashville for the Music City Bowl and, and talk about a, a line that has been moving. Tennessee from plus three now sitting on Tennessee minus seven and a half. Now, this one comes as David Bell, star wide receiver for Purdue, George Karloftis, uh, star defensive lineman for Purdue, are among the players that are not going to be participating for the Boilermakers over under at 65 and a half. Anyone got a lock for the Music City Bowl? There are still some sevens out there, and that's what I'm locking up. Tennessee minus seven. I Chip, you're gonna not you're not gonna hear this before, but I actually have a better line on this one that I got earlier. Oh, I got it at a better line. <laughs> it was at six yesterday. It was even smaller before. Bud mentioned he got Tennessee plus three like a long time ago. Uh, yeah, slide, I got. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Um, no. It was December seventh. I got two thousand down on plus three and a couple more on plus two and a half and. Uh, Lock agreement with you, Tom, on this because I, I made this game pre opt out to Tennessee minus 11. Yeah. So even regressing to the market, uh, yeah, for sure. And it's not even, it's like for me, we've talked about it too, Chip, on our bowl daily. Like this isn't just a, a volume of opt outs as much as it's who opted out and Purdue's best offensive player, David Bell, has opted out. The guy their entire offense is built around and their best defensive player, George Karloftis, has opted out. And Purdue is just not a team that. I think can withstand those kind of absences, especially against a Tennessee team that's mostly at full strength and a Purdue defense that's good. When I think it'll still be good today, I just don't think it's going to do enough to slow down the falls. And that Purdue offense is not great. And without David Bell, and they lost their you know early in the season, whose name is completely escaping me right now as I stall in my own brain to try to figure out their starting running back got hurt. So basically, this is a Purdue team that's without its top running back and its top receiver. So yeah, give me the falls. What uh? What's the SEC's record in bowl game so far? I think it's zero and four. I, I think so too. Give me, give me the Big Ten in this one. <laughs> Seven and a hook. Let's go. Seven and a hook. Come on. Give me Purdue coming in there, chip on the shoulder, thinking that a little old uh, you know Tennessee Vol team that's had a cute story this season is going to hang with them. Owners of two of the bigger upsets of the season. Uh, no David Bell. No big deal. Let's go. Aiden O'Connell. Hey, listen. Hey, he's not afraid. Brom's going to throw it around there, too. He's like, oh, we got an offensive juggernaut over there. That's an offensive mastermind. What do you see what I'm going to have up my sleeve? Talk to Louisville fans, and they'll tell you that Jeff Brom spent the last few weeks trying to get the Louisville job, so maybe he didn't (laughs) prepare for this game. Well, Louisville did its part in that uh, recipe, if if we're going to be heading down that path. Yeah. 7 p.m. Eastern time, we head to the Big Body Bins in Atlanta for the Chick-fil-A Peach Bowl. Pitt, no picket, going up against Michigan State, no Kenneth Walker. Michigan State, three-and-a-half point favor, over under around 55-and-a-half. The Pat Narduzzi special is uh, 
we are we are testing the Pat Narduzzi special here because between plus three and a half and minus three and a half, that touchdown, Pat Narduzzi is a very good against the spread record as the head coach of the Pitt Panthers. Three and a half is right there on the line. I'm gonna stay away from it. I'm gonna not invoke the uh, the Pat Narduzzi uh, tight game special. I just I think that the loss of Mark Whipple also has to change our expectations for this offense. Yeah, I mean I I'm not betting anything. I'm not locking anything up. If I have a lean, it is still on the over because I do think that you know Kenny Pickett's absence is obviously having a pretty sizable impact on this total. I think it opened closer to 64 originally, and it's dropped now nine points, depending on where you're getting it. I don't think it's that huge of a drop for this offense, even without Whipple, and I do think Michigan State's secondary is still problematic, and I think that the Panthers can't take advantage of that. And I also think the Spartans, even without Kenneth Walker, will be able to move the ball a little bit on this pit defense. So not locking anything up, but if I were to take something, it would be the over. So Jalen is not playing either, right? right? The receiver for Michigan State, man, I do think Pickett is a pretty, pretty important piece for Pitt. It, it's not like their run game is really that good. Um, no, offensively, it's been a weakness. Jordan That's Addison's nice. playing, right? Though, yes, yeah. Addison's playing. Tasir Mack is not playing. Pickett's not playing, and Whipple is obviously gone. He resigned. Um, Nick Patty is through fourteen passes this year, completed twelve, so maybe he's not that good. Uh, I'm a little bit worried here with the over that maybe maybe Narduzzi, being a defensive-minded head coach, reverts to his roots, tries to pound the ball some, and that's not really the way to attack Michigan State. Like Michigan State run defense, not that bad. Michigan State pass defense at times this year. I was very eager to bet Pitt if, if they were full strength here because I do feel like they could absolutely shred Michigan State's secondary. But now I I don't know what to do with this. Sorry, I talked too long for, for a guy that didn't have a damn pick. <laughs> I, how do you pit. think I feel? I got a Help live block. It. Come pit. on, let's go. Three and a hook, let's go. Nick Patty, Jordan Addison, the new connection that's going to happen. By the way, uh, who is second in the country in sacks as a team? Is it Pitt? It is Pitt. They can get after the quarterback. No Kenneth Walker, I almost feel like, is a bigger deal than Pickett, which sounds kind of crazy. Uh, because Pickett had a spectacular season. And I do think it'll be interesting. What if Patty plays well? Like, does that hurt Kenny Pickett's stock uh, that much? I would lean the under because of what I was just talking about, but I'm going to go ahead and take Pitt. Wants to be there. Let's go. Give me the ACC, boys. Danny's Danny's going to lock up every single game because he doesn't want to watch them. There are too many of them to begin with, so he's giving himself reason to care. (laughs) Dang right I do. (laughs) All dogs, too, right? Hey. Keep my well, we haven't finished out our picks yet, but okay. Uh, I kind of want to do a two for one special and take the under, but I'll stay away from it because some of these bowls get a little wacky. Yeah. Um, I have not confirmed this recently, but at one point in the season, they were thinking about um opening up the roof for this one. Uh, I'd keep it closed, especially if you want the over, you know. Let's let's keep that thing like climate controlled track meet no. kind of uh kind of set up. The weather in Atlanta tonight is supposed to only be in the 40s. I don't know why in the world they're thinking of opening that thing. Pitt and Michigan State want to feel at home. What if they requested it? (laughs) They want to have some of the natural elements. How many people do you think will be there? 
Like you think it'll be well attended? Because I have my brother-in-law, Sparty. He he, a uh, big Michigan State fan. He's going, and I was like, "How did you get your tickets?" He's like, "Oh, somebody gave them to me." You know, like I don't know if it's going to be a typical people I think, crowd. I think I Michigan so. State fans will show up. I couldn't speak to Pitt, but I yeah. think Michigan State fans will be pretty pumped for this game. I would agree with that. Um, Wisconsin and Arizona State is going to be your nightcap on Thursday. It is the Las Vegas Bowl. The Badgers are favored by seven over under of 42. Anybody got a lock? I do. There aren't any six and a halfs left, unfortunately, so I'll take the seven, but I don't really care because I took an alt line on this one anyway. I took Wisconsin minus nine and a half at like plus 150, I think. But this is uh, like Arizona State. Herm's team, it's identity, it's complimentary football, runs the ball, plays good defense. You know, it's it's like a Big Ten West team, just like the Wisconsin team that it's facing, which runs the ball as an elite defense. Problem for Arizona State is it's missing its two leading rushers and three starters on its defense for this game, all of whom have opted out to get ready for the NFL draft or to enter the transfer portal. And that seems like it's going to be a problem to me against this Wisconsin team because even though the Badgers offense has a tendency to come and go defensively, They've been there all season long. I don't see Arizona State being able to put up many points or putting together a lot of long drives against this defense. I don't think Wisconsin's going to need to score too much to cover this one. So I am taking Wisconsin minus seven, but, you know, mess around with some outlines, see what you can find. It, it worked pretty well for me with Maryland yesterday. Also, um, Wisconsin, or Arizona State, the guys you opted out, I think, are, are pretty important. Yes. So – both starting corners who started mm-hmm. every single game this year. Mm-hmm. And a linebacker. And a backer who had 68 tackles, yep. eight and a half for loss. I don't, I'm not going to, well, I don't think we can give this out. Can we give this out? What do you mean? I want, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go real sicko mode here. <laughs> I want Wisconsin first half team total. Over? Over. 12 and a half. I think they come out and they hit some bombs and then they pound the ball. I know that's a good number. Yeah. I would also take 13, which is out there as well. Um, I'm probably going to go looking that up real quick. Yeah, that's that's a really good. (laughs) And and you know what else is great about that number, bud? Because if you, if you really want to treasure your bedtime, Hey, that's a, that's a great way to be able to cash this ticket and not have to stay up for the end of the Las Vegas bowl. See, get get that two touchdown lead at, at halftime or, not even a, a lead. Just be able to get two touchdowns. You could be in bed by eleven fifteen Eastern. No, no, no. For everyone who tweeted at me about how great the Bulls are, you are forced to watch every last minute of this game until one thirty a.m. or whatever time it gets over. I think that you. I, this is this is my guess. Um, that was from someone who's had to do a lot of bowl content. I felt like I felt like that tweet came from the heart of somebody who had just got done doing an hour picks show and getting pulled to do radio hits and podcasts and getting asked about every single bowl game because in from that position I do feel you but it's just we just need to have a constant hum of bowl action so that everybody can just pick it up and put it down pick it up that and put true. it down I mean I feel like I'm the only person on my street who's been working this week been working every <laughs> single day and everywhere I look all the houses just have bowl games on and kids running around and they're not paying attention to it, but they just need it as like a buzzy background noise. And we just have to be there. We're the only people in America who actually are being tasked with what you're saying of, of getting deep into every single bowl game. 
to be fair, I was irritated by the pinstripe or yeah, the pinstripe pole. That was the one that bothered me. Maryland, Virginia Tech. Virginia Tech was getting crushed. Their quarterback's about to get killed because he doesn't have anybody wants to play. That game to me bothered me. Cheese Bowl was awesome. And, you know, the late one, uh, I guess if you like Bob Stoops, it was fun to watch the first half. Uh, and then credit to Oregon for clawing their way back in it. But I don't know. There was one great game. There's like one great game a day, which is awesome. You just have to watch all of them if you're in our business to make sure you can discuss <laughs> yeah, them. So maybe think, there was some irritation there. I don't, I, don't, I don't think that there's a lot of college football fans who have that that demand. You know, they, they just like to pick it up and put it down. Pick it up yeah. and put it down. We're the only ones that have to keep the content machine churning 24 <laughs> hours a day through the holidays. Um, oh, yeah. By the way, Wisconsin minus seven. I'll lock that up. Yay. Yeah. Can we do I'm, some live betting advice, by the way? Sure. North Carolina does have a tendency to start slow. And I think given who is out for South Carolina, um, in about 20 minutes, I'm probably going to be looking for opportunities to live bet like UNC over. Um, especially if South Carolina comes out, UNC feels them out. And then like given who UNC's office coordinator is, we know that guy likes to score points for himself. So, yeah. Yeah, I was hitting the uh, live over on Oklahoma's team total a few times last night, and they all worked out wonderfully. <laughs> it's like as soon as I heard, like, Oregon starting a tight end at defensive end tonight, I was like, all right, well, let's go over here. We're going to do that. <laughs> the best part about this pod being when it is, we got kickoff in nine minutes, so we might be able to give out one live. We might live bet on the show. <laughs> yeah. Do we have, like, could we live bet for locks? <laughs> no, not for the not for locks. But this is That's for the audience. Far for Chip. I mean, I mean, for yeah, I can't, I can't handle that right now. But for everyone who's watching, and we have a, a large audience that's watching, that is going to be a reason to stick around for the live betting advice on Duke's Mayo Bowl um, once this thing gets started. Taking us into Friday, New Year's Eve, another early start, 11 a.m. Eastern time in Jacksonville, Wake Forest, and Rutgers. Rutgers, of course, answered the call. They were smart this year and or over the last three years or whatever the rolling formula is that gets your APR score together. The highest APR score of all bowl of five and seven teams. Rutgers answered the call to replace Texas A&M in this game. Wake Forest favored by 16 over under of 62. What are we going to do in the Gator Bowl? First of all, is APR actually tied to grades, or is it just you didn't fail? No, it's just progressing. Yeah. So you don't have to be smart to have a high APR score. <laughs> uh, and I, I mean, I am not locking anything up. I feel like Wake Forest is the right side, but I, I this is one of those games, like, I, I, this is not a situation we've seen much of before, so I'm, I'm not going to be betting anything. This is a live bet game, if nothing else. Mm-hmm. I have no clue what to do. Yeah. I'm, with, I'm with Tom. Yeah, I, I, I like my money too much to be to be bet on this. I, I, I mean, Wake should blow them out in theory because Rutgers is not a very good team, but Rutgers is very good at dragging you down into the mud with it. So it's like. I don't know. I have no idea, and I have no idea like who's even really available for Rutgers. Who's like because it's the one the weird thing about all these games being canceled and then schools being contacted about like filling in and whether or not they were interested. It's like, I feel like a lot of the coaches were out in front, like, hell yeah, we want to play. Meanwhile, a lot of the te- the players were at home like, huh? 
what? <laughs> That's what I would love to know. I would love to know what the reaction was from the players. Like, awesome. Let's go to Jacksonville. We get the bowl experience. We're going to have fun. We get to play one more game. Or were they like, ah, oh, geez, I got to, you know, like one, I got to go like practice hard and get ready. I don't know. Like, I don't know what it was. Have you guys heard they did have like a contingency or at least a heads up that like Shiano and the Rutgers staff said, like, be ready. Like we might get an opportunity. Have you heard that? This, the only reason this worked is because it was early compared to how right. these other games have been canceled. We got Texas A&M. Yeah. They bowed out quick. Six. That must've yeah. been a bad COVID bug for them. Whew. And they knew it, that it was going to take a long time for them to recover from it eight days ago. Yeah. And opt outs as well. And injuries. Yeah. And yeah whatever else yeah (laughs) there was just a lot they had to deal with yeah i just i think that uh i think they're scared of wake forest um and um inside info mm -hmm. from lance glenn who is our uh on our podcast producer for 24 7 sports network including the recruiting podcast which you guys need to go listen to he went to Rutgers and is still tight with a lot of folks there and he said they're very pumped to play the game cool I'm glad they're excited. Uh, for, for Wake Forest, this motivation is to 11 wins has only been hit once in program history, and it was in the 2006 ACC championship season. They're obviously very frustrated with the way that the ACC championship game went with all those interceptions and the game kind of getting away from them really quickly. Wake was Wake's fired up to play this game. They were they they are very glad that they were able to find a replacement opponent. Yeah, because I mean, in, if you're Wake too, there's a bit of terror involved because like you had a great season, but if your season ends with getting kind of pantsed in the ACC title game and then losing to Rutgers in a bowl game, that leaves a real sour taste in your mouth on what should have been a very happy season. Give me Wake. Block yeah. It up. <laughs> somebody has to have some balls on here. Somebody called <laughs> out our manhood. Uh, Rutgers got beat 40 to 16 from Maryland. Um, they got beat 52 to three by Wisconsin. I think Wake has got to tear them up. They got to get after it. I think they will. I, I, I lean towards Danny there, um, to be honest. Now, the only issue is uh, Roberson's Wait. out, the, the receiver for Wake. Now, they do still have you know, a couple. But that's because of injury. Wake's got mm-hmm. no opt outs. There's two players that are unavailable, but both of them for, are for injury reasons. Well, I thought I thought Roberson was opting out to prepare for the draft. Mm. Uh, let's Dueling see. Dueling sources. Well, not, now, Brandon, it doesn't really matter to supposed to kick off. Like we, we, we could agree he's not playing, right? He's not playing. Yeah, I'm saying yeah. he's not. Yeah. I heard he is. I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> oh, he's, he, he, um, he's doing minor surgery, doing cleanup stuff. So he's opting out. Both. He's yeah, opting he into waited. surgery. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. The one reason why I, I do think Wake makes sense to play here is that Wake's very explosive passing the football. Rutgers is 129th in passing explosiveness allowed. So probably bombs away. Uh, would you on all of these? Because I was just looking at I was like, hey, do I just back myself up here and load up on Wake? Wouldn't you wait on all of these till game time just to make sure there's no COVID last minute, you know, UCLA type deal where UCLA op- backed out, but there could be a significant issue. I don't know. Like I would, I would say that's probably the smart thing to do on most of these games. Yes. Yes. Unless, Plus, yeah, yeah. Like right. I would bet, I bet some early, and got big time CLV on it, and still didn't win. I think I'm like two and nine this bowl season. But, um, 
I don't really think that, like, I think you're kind of in a dead zone right now, unless you think you're ahead of the news, which if you are, congrats, drop it in the chat. Yeah. Help me out. Please. Um, all right, let's do the Tony the Tiger Sun Bowl. You can watch it on CBS. It's another game that has been saved uh, after Miami was unable to make the trip to El Paso. Central Michigan, which was four-hour drive away in Arizona, Boise State left them at the altar, so then they got in the car and drove to El Paso, and now they are going to be suiting up against Washington State. Jake Dickert, the the interim tag has been removed. He has been promoted. Central Michigan, led by our good friend Jim McElwain. Um, West Washington State, minus seven is the spread over under 57 and a half. What are we thinking? You guys did see how much more CBS paid than Barstool could pay, right? Correct. It was like three and a half million to 300,000, wasn't it? Yeah, it was like a 13x. Yeah. yeah. It was no brainer. That broadcast no. money, it just hits different. Yeah. <laughs> so what, any any locks no i want to take washington state i feel like this is a team that has dealt with so much you know with their coach you know getting fired they still feel like they fought a lot i feel like they're more talented this one just feels weird um i do have a couple thoughts on this so I think the number, just power ratings wise, is kind of okay. You know what I mean? But like, matchup wise, I, I, how much is Washington State going to be chucking the ball around here? That's what I want to know. Like, it, it, it's prob. I hate to cop it out and say, hey, this is more of a live betting game. But I mean, why wouldn't why wouldn't they ch- chuck the ball around? I don't know. I mean, they, they do have Bor- Borgie still, so maybe, maybe they'll let, let him. Borgie's you know. out, I think, isn't he? Oh, is he out? Okay. Yeah, then Borgie opted out. Oh, excuse me. I. Oh, yep. he did opt out. He's opting out. He's getting ready for the draft. They're also I... without right tackle Abraham Lucas mm-hmm. and corner Jalen Watson. Mm-hmm. I mean, um, I think Jane Delara still throws the ball a good bit in this game. So Super I... Michigan's pass defense is really pretty bad, I will say. I mean, they are like outside the top 100 in a lot of categories. So I, I don't hate the favorite here, to be honest. Yeah, I'm not locking it up, but I there is just my f- philosophy of fading the Mac. the Mac when it comes to bowl season, especially against a Power 5 team. I mean, it's they, just, they have not looked very good in the last few bowl seasons. Solo spotlight for our final two games on December 31st. They are going to be the college football playoff semifinals. The first one's in Dallas, the Cotton Bowl, Alabama, Cincinnati, Alabama minus 13 and a half, over under a 57 and a half. We somehow made it through an entire super preview without really giving away any of our locks. Now, you might have been able to decipher them. The loyal listeners can sense our leans and our biases, and they remind us all the time. So who's got a lock for the Cotton Bowl? I do. Bama, lay lay the good number with Alabama. Alabama wins semifinal games by an average of 18 points per game, and those are against teams that aren't Cincinnati. Lay the 13 and a half with Alabama. Lock agreement. It's not fun. It's the right play. I, I don't. 
know if it's as you said chip alabama has blown out everybody it's facing the semifinal except for the one time it lost when it lost to ohio state in 2014 and the closest the 11 point loss was yeah, it had the 28 nothing lead yeah. on oklahoma after like a quarter and then it just kind of took its foot off the gas and got ready for the title game afterwards i th- I just don't know how Cincinnati can really keep up with this team. Like the way that Alabama played against Georgia, if Alabama can do that to Georgia, I have a feeling it can do it to Cincinnati too. And I just don't know if offensively Cincinnati can keep up. And I I, I think that between Kobe Bryant and between Sauce Gardner, they have two good corners who can help slow down Alabama's passing attack a little bit. But I also don't know how that defensive line is going to hold up against the Alabama offensive line because we point to the way Cincinnati played against Notre Dame earlier this year as a good sign for it, and it was a very good game. But the thing about Notre Dame's offensive line was that it was a very young unit, and early in the season, it wasn't very good, and it got better as the year went along to where it's a pretty good line now. I don't know if Cincinnati would have the same success against Notre Dame if it played them this week instead of playing Alabama. So I... I just don't. It, it'd be a fun story. I hope it's a close game, but I just feel like this is going to be the blowout. So I'm laying it with Alabama. I've got one. First half under 30. Mm. Um, I think eventually Bama will, you know, get on them. I don't know that that happens immediately. I, I think Cincinnati's defense is pretty damn good. They don't blow a lot of assignments. They can play man to man very well. They can also play some zone. I think if you're Nick Saban, the only way you lose this game is, you know, if you just turn the ball over a lot. Because I really don't think that Cincinnati can score that much on your defense. So I think a, a little more conservative game plan here for Saban and the Tide is, is probably in order starting out. Uh, and as long as the game is, is within script, Cincinnati probably doesn't have to start doing anything crazy, I wouldn't think. Of course, I mean, hey, if I lose this, if. Cincinnati says, hey, beat us in man coverage, and Bama's like, okay, and bombs it on them. Uh, But obviously that's why they call it betting. So under 30 for me in the first half. Come on, Danny. I'll take the Bearcats. Yeah. (laughs) You got to do it. You going money line? Uh, It's a lot of daggum points uh, in a playoff game. I will remind you guys, against Texas A&M, Bama was a 19-and-a-half-point favorite. Zach Calzada came out, shocked the world. I don't think Cincinnati shocks the world with a win. I think this will probably be a 10-point Alabama win. I'm a little bit worried about, you know, the late, like you might be sweating this one out late. I think I think Cincinnati's better than we're giving them credit for, and I think their defense will be able to slow down. I think the loss of Mechie is a big deal. Probably my biggest concern is that Will Anderson like wreaks absolute havoc, like the strip sack, you know, pick, you know, like pick six potentially, like what he could do against this defense. But I do think that Cincinnati's defense will be able to at least have a game plan to prevent the big play from happening. Like I think they can help with Jamison Williams in coverage enough to keep him contained. Um, so I think Cincinnati makes a game of it. I hope they do. Hey, I mean, that's like, what, if I'm wrong, I'm enjoying yeah. the end of this game. <laughs> if I'm right, it's Alabama-Washington again. And it's just like a, a slow choke out. And you're, they were two touchdown favorites coming in. 
B-Rabbit, a loyal listener in the chat, pointed that out. He said it was 16.5-point favorites against Washington, and everybody was all on Washington talking about too many daggum points, and Alabama just kind of... What was that score? Wasn't it close in, like, in the first half? When did it get sideways? It never really got sideways. I think the final score was, what, 24-7? to Yeah. It, it never got crazy. It was just... You knew from the start that Washington was not going to win the game. You could just tell by the way that their offense was not able to do anything that they weren't no, going to win the game. Uh, Browning threw the through the pick six to the defensive lineman right before the half. Remember? Yeah, That's what it was because it, it, like it was like it was like ten seven going into the half. But to Tom's point, we never ever had any reason to think that Washington could move the football on Bama, and it was basically just can Chris Peterson find some sort of magic here. Uh, and the answer was no, because Jake Browning was their quarterback, and they didn't really have. And I do think Desmond Ritter is a upgrade yes. on Pac-12 yes. offensive yes. of the year, Jake Browning. Is this Cincinnati team a bottom five team ever to make the playoff? I don't think so. No. I mean, it's a good team. State team is the number one team or the worst playoff team ever with a bullet, I think. Yeah, I would agree with that. I mean, 38 to nothing, total stomp out to 2015 Bama. Tennessee had this team in the fourth quarter in a dogfight. I don't know. That, that I just it is. I'm going with more of what I saw all season long, and I'm trying to ignore the SEC championship game. If you get that version of Bama, like tease it up to whatever you want to at take an alt line and make it 21, you know, whatever it is. Um, I just I'm going with we're gonna get more of what we got most of the season from Bama, which wasn't the dominant team. So I don't have them in front, but what were Alabama's numbers in that stadium? Isn't it something ridiculous? Like they're undefeated, winning by an average of 100 points per game in that stadium? In the Cotton Bowl? Yeah. yeah. Um, they, also, the other team they also crushed USC in that stadium to open the year, if you, if you recall. By the way, did you see the players voted to not leave the team hotel? Yes. It's a lot easier vote to make when you're in Fort Worth than, than you are in Miami, by the way. I want to point that out. Like, uh, we, we talked about this. Yeah. Why did Saban choose Dallas? No distractions. <laughs> Listen, there there are several chain restaurants near the star that you could go to. Where was the uh, where was the Super Bowl played when the Atlanta Falcons DB got got, uh, got clipped for uh, electric? <laughs> that was in Miami. The game? That was in Miami. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly right, Danny. And that's where we will turn our attention now for that's, the that's Orange Bowl, seven thirty uh, p.m. <laughs> Eastern Time kickoff. <laughs> Georgia and Michigan, the Bulldogs favored by seven and a half over under a 45 and a half locks. My favorite play of the playoffs. Give me the under. Ooh, unders in the forties for your shorties. 45 and a half. Is that where it is? I can get. Yeah. Yep. I just think both of these teams are going to do what they've done all season long. They're going to play great defense. They're going to try to run the football. Look at South Carolina's getting after Sam Howell. They got off the field early. Um, they're going to, and I think both, I think especially Georgia, I think they're tentative on Stetson Bennett. I think they're like, hey, we're going to ride our defense. We don't have to face Bryce Young. We don't have to worry about getting sliced and diced, carved up. So we're going to go back to what we do. We're going to control. We're going to play conservative on the offensive side of the ball, maybe take our shots. And then I think Michigan will probably try to do the same with, Haskins and Corum in the backfield. I think it's going to be a challenge for them to run the football, but I don't think they're going to have, you know, they don't have Bryce Young on their team either. So I think it's going to be a bloodbath that everybody thinks it's going to be. I'll take Michigan and all those points, and let's go ahead and punch that in while it's seven and a hook. And um, 
I don't know, a little, little bit of a gut play. I think this. I think it's a very good number if you like this matchup and think that the two of them are going to end up playing a close and competitive game because you're going to be sitting there. If the game, for example, is tied with four minutes left and the place is going crazy and the atmosphere is incredible and after Alabama blew out Cincinnati, we're like, yes, finally, this is what we wanted. If you're sitting on seven and a half, you've got, I mean, very hard to lose that in that scenario. So I... I think that these two teams match up very well. I think it's a favorable number. I believe that truly it is a coin flip or at least the kind of game that Michigan has. What is the percent probability of like a seven and a half point spread? I don't know. It's higher. Michigan's probability of winning this game is higher than what seven and a half suggests. And so I'll take all those points. I am terrified of the Daxton Hill situation. You think that that because of him going up against Bowser? Yeah, I, I think that it's, you know, like Aiden Hutchinson is obviously the bigger name. David Ajabo is awesome. But just Daxton Hill is a huge X factor in this game. A, because he's very good. But like you said, he's the guy who's going to be covering Brock Bowers. And if he's Bowers. not there, that's that's a huge advantage. That's something I think Georgia can exploit. Because I and think he's Daxton big in run Hill, support. Yeah, he's he's a very important player on that defense. If he's Are y'all believing this JT Daniels might be out there playing with the first team, or do you think that's the break glass in case of emergency option? Is that out there? I didn't see that. You is that like a rumor that's out there? People, have- it, I, I would not give it. Say it's credible. I think gotcha. that there is. Uh, there's there's a notion that we see JT Daniels in this game. If it's early and it's not a break the glass type of situation, I think it's a panic move from Kirby. Mm. but I mean I just I think that is a pain I think you have to go with the guy that got you there this far again it was not well, we were talking about his mobility all. being a great thing against the Michigan pass rush is something that you would want yeah how, how healthy is he like that to me that's what it comes down to I I don't know how to comment on this because I don't know how healthy Daniels actually is and do you right. mean from a COVID situation or from the oblique and shoulder? Oblique, oblique shoulder, all, all that kind of stuff. I, How can he? Not I do be not think that they're going to put. I don't think they're going to play Daniels. I, I think it'll be Bennett. Um, now, if Bennett, if they really don't think Bennett gives you a shot to beat Bama, if you make it through, then maybe maybe you maybe you roll it. You know, you, you roll him later. But ooh, South Carolina running back pass caught touchdown. Is now so, the live time time to hammer North Carolina live? Uh, yeah, so your minus twelve might have already lost. <laughs> yeah. Because it's what seven zero. Yeah, yeah. We got got a lot of time, my friend. Sixty nine yard running back pass. Wow, Let's that was go. a little wildcat, I think, wasn't it? They're playing hard. Mm-hmm. They're getting creative. South Carolina is. Beamer wants yeah. the mayo. He <laughs> wants it. All right. Any any other Georgia Michigan locks? I think the number is kind of good, to be honest. Um, like, I'm not really showing any value against the number there. I I have thought about playing Michigan team total under first half, just seeing if they pound their heads into the wall, you know, and, and see if they can run on Georgia. But I'm not not going to hit that yet. Well, what would that number? What's that number going to be? It is seven and a half. That is stressful, my friend. That is a sweat. You get one special team touchdown. And things get dicey real quick. That's true. And we know in big games, Georgia special teams sometimes are an issue, mm-hmm. like the fake punt, if you recall. I do. I very much recall. Yes, very intensely. Coming up on the other side, we'll take it into the new year. 
the rest of our locks for the rest of the bowl season starting on New Year's Day with the Outback Bowl next. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Penn State taking over coconut shrimp. Arkansas suiting up for the blooming onion. I don't know how y'all feel about coconut shrimp. I have no relationship with Outback, so I feel like I can speak freely. I used to work at Outback. But I mean, I, shouldn't shouldn't everyone root for the SEC? Just based on the bang for your buck that you get. If you've got a table of four and you get one free appetizer, that onion is going to go way farther in terms of what it's delivering to the entire table, how much you can enjoy of it. Coconut shrimp's going to be gone in a heartbeat. You don't even get time to savor the coconut shrimp. Yeah, but then you got to sit at that table and smell everybody's breath after you all just ate a bunch of onions. <laughs> I'm team blooming onion. I'm with you. Yeah. Um, Arkansas is a two-point favorite in this game over under of 48. Does anybody have a lock? I do. Arkansas minus two. I'll just go through the list. Penn State, Jahan Dotson, out. Ellis Brooks, out. Brandon Smith, out. Jaquan Brisker, out. Derek Tangelo, out. Arnold Evakiti, out. All pretty important players for Penn State. This is a team that I'm pretty sure mentally just wants to get the hell on to 2022. I think, you know, Arkansas will also be missing a couple players itself. Traylon Books, Brooke Burks out. is out. Trey Williams is out. Arrested. Yeah. <laughs> but but like Sam Pittman, I just feel like this team's going to be fired up, ready to play, looking to get a win over a Big Ten team in a big bowl game on New Year's Day. So give me the Hogs minus two. What's, uh, what's the SEC's record in bowl games as we're sitting here recording at 1145 uh, Eastern on Thursday? It's 0-4. Be, yeah, 0-4. I got to take Danny at the roulette table here. I mean, do you think that the SEC is going to finish with zero bowl wins? I mean, regression suggests that there are just some SEC wins that are out there. And boy, this does feel like one of them. Arkansas, short number. Go ahead and lay it. And I think that I am ready to test. You know, in a bowl game for the first time since 2016, they're going to be, you know, excited about the process. But I, I am ready to test my gut feeling that Sam Pittman's a good bowl coach. That like from really connecting with his players, enjoying the experience with his players, trying to celebrate that as much as possible in a way that can have some value uh, when we start to make these predictions. So, you know, we talk about bad bowl coaches, good bowl coaches. I Sam Pittman just off the cuff. I'm going to say uh, he's got a lot of the qualities that you would expect to be a good bowl coach. 
So I will ride with Sam Pittman and uh, the SEC bowl record regression, lay the two points with the Hogs. Yeah, I agree. Go ahead and lock it up for me. Not Ooh, huge, like but... Mainly because of the offense that Arkansas runs. Even without Traylon Burks, that is a lot of, of isolating guys in space, and there are a bunch of dudes out for Penn State. Also, like defensive coordinator Brent Pry is gone as well. So mm-hmm. um, that concerns me a little bit. And Arkansas does not give up a whole lot of explosive plays typically. So you're asking Sean Clifford without his best weapon uh, to consistently try to drive the football execute in the red zone, et cetera, et cetera. I don't really think that is something that he's going to do uh, very well. So, I mean, the thing with Jahan Dotson is you basically lose your running game too because Penn State can't run the ball and they use like a lot of bubble screens as Jahan Dot to Jahan Dotson as their run game. So he's gone. So you've got your deep threat gone. You've got your easier run game. He's gone and you're still behind a pretty mediocre offensive line. 1 p.m. Eastern time, the Fiesta Bowl features Marcus Freeman in his first game as head coach, leading the Notre Dame Fighting Irish against Oklahoma State. Now, I mentioned good bowl coach, bad bowl coach. How about Mike Gundy? 15 consecutive appearances in the bowl season. Cowboys are 10-5. and five. Now, it's their first time in the New Year's Six since 2015. Uh, I believe that might have been an L for the Cowboys uh, back then to Ole Miss. Check me. Doesn't matter. 10 and 5 is right. Uh, Oklahoma State is a two-point underdog in this game, and the over-under is 45. Jim Knowles not going to be there, I'm assuming, right? Correct. Yeah. Mm, anybody got a lock? Yeah, Notre Dame. Um, I think they're a better team. None of the opt-outs really have are, are scaring me. They have plenty of good backs, so Kyron Williams... Uh, I think his opt out probably has caused this number to you know, like not inflate beyond where I think it should be. Um, Notre Dame minus two. I think this number should be north of a field goal and probably closer to five. I think Oklahoma State's offense is complete BS. So, yeah, go ahead and give, give me the Irish. Now, I might be missing something here. I bet this no, one no, is no, open no. to I'm two, a, by the way. Play like, on the total. This is the one bet that I made that is not total as well. I mean, you said it. Their offense is trash. No Kyron Williams. It's not like Notre Dame's uh, offense is dynamic by any means. Give me the under. Under City. Fight. 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 There, there's just too many fast players on the field. And this game doesn't mean a lot i just you know overs have been good in bowl games and we talk about how the defense you know sometimes we just see these defenders they are a step slow there's some miscommunication um you know a couple big plays here and there 45 is a low number for the speed and the athleticism and the talent that's going to be on the field i i think that especially with jim Knowles not being a part of this for the cowboys i'll uh I'll go ahead and take the over. I, th- I think this game might might have one or two dumb plays that lead to touchdowns that be able to take us over the top or at least keep me from wanting to take the under. 45 is too low. So uh, I'll go ahead and I'll take the over. I just, Chip, you got to root against Oklahoma State going like 
one for 10 again in the red zone. Oh yeah. No, the both teams I could see having some trouble in the red zone. Like it's that the red zone offenses for both these teams are reasons why Danny wins this lock fight. But I do think that special teams, defensive touchdown, something that just ends up being like a blown assignment. Just there's too much talent on the field for me to think that too much talent and no stakes. That is my combination that, uh, that, that gets me to the over. Let's just all agree that no matter what happens, if Notre Dame blows Oklahoma State out, we say it's because the players are all happy Brian Kelly's gone. Yeah. Oh, without a doubt. And we also make them preseason top three next mm-hmm. year. Yeah. <laughs> Marcus Freeman's Notre Dame Fighting Irish in 2022 is going to be one of the biggest national storylines of the year going into it. The finishing number five is like the best thing that can happen to you. So I'm going to be fading Notre Dame next year, then you're saying? All right. Yeah. <laughs> like, it, that who's is, your number one team next year? Bama and Ohio State's number two? Yeah. Illinois. Regardless of outcome? Of, yes. Because Bryce Young's coming back? And CJ Stroud's back. You yeah. just sort of yeah. throw those two up at the top. Oh, I was more curious on Bama. I think, yeah. Yeah, one, two. I mean, who does Bama lose got. off this team? Jameson uh, Williams. Jameson yeah, Williams. Will Anderson's back. Jeez. Yeah. But Illinois got Tommy DeVito Neal, Neal, so <laughs> Illinois number one. I, I think that that's where, – where do you put Clemson? Top um, 10. 10? Yeah. yeah, but not higher than five. Mm-mm. I don't think no, so. not me. Somebody will, but not me. What do you do with Michigan? Oh, Michigan will be top five, I would bet, in that yeah. area. I mean, unless they get absolutely crushed by Georgia. But even then, they still beat Ohio State soundly. So it's like I still think that the, going into next year, they'll be ranked pretty high. What they if, lose both Ajabo and Hutchinson, right? So. Uh, they definitely lose Hutchinson. I'm not 100% Ajabo sure. Ajabo is a third year. What guy. if we're getting sidetracked from our locks? What if Caleb Williams goes to Georgia? Three. If if Caleb Williams goes to Georgia, they might be number one. That's what I was kind of kidding at. Like, does that? Did he say something at the press conference last night? He did not say he was locked in coming boomer sooner. He said he was going on vacation, taking some time. Buddy, (laughs) y'all, listen, Brent. Let me talk to you real quick. You and Jeff need to find out where who to talk to. Don't where forget to get that this NIL stuff. money. That <laughs> NIL money is real nowadays. Oh, Danny, look what you did. Danny, this is going to cause major rumors. Dennis what? just tweeted, my God, we've reached... Dennis Dodd just tweeted, my God, we've reached the point where hyping a condiment being poured on an adult male passes for programming. When we have the discussion about bowl relevance, I'll start right here. Look what oh, you've done, Danny. Oh, you infected go. Dennis. <laughs> bowl season is not broken. It's doing fine. Yeah, man, you guys must love preseason football, NFL. Too, no, right? no, it's, because it's great. Why? Why does every game have to be for high stakes? Entertainment. It's entertainment. Look, it's a bowl game. These bowls are not really for the college ball fans. They're just there because you don't want to talk to your in-laws the entire time and you want something <laughs> on in the background. And they're really for the casual fans. That's why they rate so damn well. Because everybody's I, home this no, they time. They rate year. well because there's nothing else on on a Thursday right. at 11:30 a.m. It's absolutely a gold mine for ESPN. They don't really yeah. care if the guys opt out. You know who cares right. who they opts don't out? Know them. They the never do care if they opt with. out. Like right. I got to disagree. I got to disagree because I don't consider myself a casual college football fan, and I love the hell out. No, of no, it's it's not that you don't watch it, Tom. It's that they are so, so profitable and popular because of all the casuals who watch it. 
but yeah, this time but of year. like if you look at the ratings for them, it seems like it's a lot more than just casuals who are watching these games. Right, and if but you they look at the number of bets being was... placed on them, it seems like there's a lot more than just casuals watching these games. No, I, I don't want to imply that it is just casuals. I'm saying they are so profitable because of the added eyeballs gotcha. and interest you get from people who are home from work. Like a lot of the country kind of works, kind of doesn't, especially now that we're all working from home during COVID, you know, like not really working a ton during this time of year. I mean, we are because we're producing college football content. Like, yeah. under our like I said, I'm the only one on this street who's working. Everybody else is just kicking it. I was at Disney last night till nine thirty shooting video and, and, and got up and, and and Jordan labeled it for me, which was which was awesome. We're gonna ship that off for you know for doing the uh the Under Armour stuff. But like most of the country isn't watch or isn't working a whole lot right now. So they got it on the background. It's pretty cool. Fun. That's just, why they exist. Just one question though, for like because like we're getting way off track now, but for like the we gotta expand the playoffs because these bowl games are now becoming meaningless. How many opt-outs were there before the college football playoff? None, right? Yeah. So why is expanding the playoff going to solve opt-outs when the playoff is pretty much what led to them? Well, it will it will solve opt-outs because there is a stigma for opting out of a game in which your team Matters. still has something to play for. So yeah, we're just giving play. ourselves four yeah. more games where there won't be opt-outs, where there'll still be even more opt-outs in every single other game. So then yes. after we expand to 12, everybody will just say the rest of the bowl games are meaningless and there are too many bowl games. So it won't fix anything. It'll just give us more playoff games. Let's I'm all clear. about more football. Let's give them a 13th regular season game. <laughs> I'd be okay with that. Um, all right, so South Carolina is actually playing to carry and Joiner here in this ballgame. Not Zeb Nolan. Correct. Well, they're rotating in. I think they're using the kid as like a wildcat, aren't they? And now, and now they just put him in. Yeah, they're like rotating quarterbacks. They actually have a nice little creative game plan they've come out with. Like misdirection. South Carolina, 13-0, 66-yard touchdown pass. Yeah. <laughs> this has Mac Brown like disappointed after, like we weren't ready to play. We had to like this. Whoever has- gets that job, at, at, like if, if they stink next year again and Mac gets the hook, that's going to be a really sought after job, by the way. It's a great gig. You're going to have two, in two openings rough. in the I mean, coastal that that people are really going to going to like. No, no, yeah. the, the phrase you're supposed to use is "sleeping giant." Yeah, sleeping <laughs> giant is even better. <laughs> nah, sleeping giant ain't waking up. So what are we doing live line, line here? Two? Any yeah. live line plays? No, I'm I'm dug in with my loser ticket. I'm not going to throw bad money <laughs> and throw more. Oh, money and they went for two and got it. Well, look, I'm looking at it. What it is. Oh, they haven't adjusted yet. Hold on. All right. Well, hey, Citrus Bowl, Iowa and Kentucky. Uh, <laughs> Kentucky favored by three over under of 44. No Tyler Goodson for the Hawkeyes. Um, give me Kentucky. Short number. SEC regression. Also, Mark Stoops, good bowl coach. Got wins against uh, NC State, Virginia Tech. Yeah, because I looked it up. You know Clemson snapped a 730-day bowl win drought for the ACC? The ACC went from Louisville beating Mississippi State December 30th, 2019, all the way until Clemson took down Iowa State in the Cheez-It Bowl without a single bowl victory. Hey, Chip, guess what? What? Fight. Oh, yes. Fight, fight, fight. It's funny. I can't remember who it was, but I was watching a game either yesterday or the day before, and the announcer was doing a promo for this game. It's like, Kentucky, Iowa, it's two contrasting styles. And I was like, huh? 
contrasting styles. You're the same damn team. Mark Mark Stoops is literally turning Kentucky into the SEC's Iowa. That is his game plan. But uh, no, I just three points too many for Iowa here. Like they're very similar teams. This is going to be a low scoring kind of rock fight. Kentucky's going to try to run the ball into Iowa. Iowa's going to try to run the ball into Kentucky. I think Iowa, even without Tyler Goodson, is going to have more success doing it. So give me the Hawkeyes plus three. And if it was Kentucky plus three, I would be on Kentucky. It's this is going to be a close game. Give me the under. It's going to be ugly. Both t- like similar rock fight. You guys all said all the reasons why it's going to be a low scoring game. Defense is on display. Not spectacular quarterback play. Uh, give me the under all day long. The Rose Bowl. Oh. Oh wait. Are you? Do you have a Citrus Bowl? I do actually. Yeah. Um. So. Is there twenty? Kentucky team total. I'll take under 23 and a half. Okay. Um, kind of wait for 24 if you could, but I, I, I don't, I don't hate playing 23 and a half. Um, basically. So Kentucky has no opt outs for the bowl game, but their number two and number four, most targeted players on the year in Josh Ali and Isaiah Epps are, uh, are out because they were in a car crash. So they're going to be okay for next year, but they're not playing. Um, a little bit concerned here because Will Levis has almost double the yards per attempt against zone as he does against man. I think that's probably because the play action game works better against some of the zone stuff. But I do think that's a fairly big deal because you know, Josh Ali had 10.2 yards of target this year, which led the team of uh, Wondell Robinson, obviously 8.8 was kind of their most notable guy. He was more of their volume, volume dude through the ball out of the backfield. Some, um, that to me screams maybe a lack of explosive plays for Kentucky and Kentucky's a team or Iowa's a defense that doesn't really allow a lot of explosives anyway. So under 23 and a half team total uh, for the Wildcats for me. I can rock with it. Rose bowl, Ohio state favored by four and a half over under of 64. Um, Utah coming in, first time making an appearance in the Rose Bowl. Ohio State with a a slew of opt-outs, including the likes of Chris Olave and Garrett Wilson. Uh, We will be seeing C.J. Stroud in this game. Uh, Thoughts on the Rose Bowl? Who's got a lock? (sighs) I do. (laughs) You go first. Ohio State. I've I've, I've been waiting for this to happen. They, They have double adjusted for the guys opting out for Ohio State. We talked about this, I think, like three weeks ago. Where I was like, just if you want Ohio State, wait, because I guarantee you the number already bakes in Olave and what's his name not playing, right? Uh, Garrett, Garrett Wilson. But Ohio State still has a bunch of studs. They have a ton of good young receivers who y'all, you already know about Smith and Jigba, right? But you also have Julian and you have Marvin Harrison Jr. And you still have the better quarterback in CJ Stroud. Uh, I'm... I'm thinking that uh, uh, that that Ohio State scores a whole lot of points here. Lock agreement. Yeah, I just I think that this line has gone too far. Everything you just said, it's like we've I've talked about. Yeah, they're missing the receivers. Who cares? It's Ohio State. They have 50 more. Uh, I do have some concern about Petit Frere missing. That is their starting left tackle, but. They recruit well on the offensive line. Haskell Garrett is missing, but they recruit well on the defensive line. Ohio State recruits well. It can withstand these losses. Utah, I have some fear the way that Michigan was able to run the ball down Ohio State's throat that that 
Utah can will at least attempt to do the same thing. I just don't know if they'll be as successful for it because they have a good offensive line, but I don't think they have an offensive line that's quite on the same level of Michigan's. So I feel like as long as Ohio State shows up jacked and ready to play, they should win this game. And I know that there's some people who question whether they will because of the motivation for playing in the game because players have opted out, but I guarantee you the players in the game will be fired up. Nobody just goes to a Rose Bowl to walk through it. Give me the Utes. You guys see their helmets? Fight. Fight. Did you bet it at 10 Fight. and a half when it came out? No. I tried, I, but it, it got hit before I could even get it. actually got hit down to like nine. Um, I like the Utes to win this game just outright. Um, I absolutely think Ohio State. I think it's give a crap factor. I think Kyle Whittingham is one of the more underrated coaches in the country. They smoked Oregon back-to-back because I think Oregon took them lightly. I think Ohio State's a little bit cocky, thinks all they have to do is uh, just show up. By the way, North Carolina just went three and out again, I think. This is about to get ugly. Mm -hmm. Um, I I don't know if Ohio State wants to be there. And, yeah, when they show up and the game's on TV and they turn the lights on and it's there, they'll want to play. But as we've seen in a lot of these bowls, it's not about just wanting to play. It's about the prep that leads up to it. I think Utah will come in here with a better mindset going into the game. Man, I, I think it's a – I worry about Ohio State and what they look like in this one. And, ah, we'll be ready for next year. You know, like, let's go win a championship next year. I don't know if the Rose Bowl resonates as much as we think it does with the Buckeyes. And clearly it doesn't with four players. Like, I think Ohio State is a program that has a problem where if you're playing for a championship, everybody's all in. But as soon as you're not, it's – Check out City. And I'm just going to, yeah, we'll, we'll go through practice. We'll go. We'll play. But I just don't know if the motivation factor is there as much. Chip, who is this down for North Carolina on the field right now? I don't give me the number. I don't have the uh, the game pulled up. I'm trying okay, to either ends with the two or starts with the two. So I think it's uh, 52. 52. Okay. Um, where is CJ Stroud from? California. California. Mm-hmm. Rancho Cucamonga? Uh, yeah. I think he's more motivated to play. Chris Lave from when, when the when the quarterback is motivated to play, I think everybody else can be motivated to play around him. I, I think those young receivers who are are eager to get on the field and, and get fed the ball uh, are going to be going to be pumped up to play. They finally get to play, right? How, how about <laughs> those photos of Ryan Day in Disneyland? <laughs> I couldn't get enough of that, man. Just so happy getting paraded around in a horse-drawn carriage all by yourself. His chest was just puffed with so much joy. I'm glad he's enjoying his time uh, around Pasadena. Um, no play for your boy. Night game on New Year's Day. Baylor and Ole Miss in the Sugar Bowl. Ole Miss favored by one and a half. Over under a 55 and a half. Anybody got a lock for the top 10 Sugar Bowl? I, I, if Matt Corral plays, I would 100% be all over Ole Miss. I just, I think he is going to play, but I don't know yet. So I'm not locking anything up. Are you saying like COVID related or you, cause he can't back out now. He already went on the record. I can't leave my guys behind. Did he go on the record? Oh yeah. He had a great quote. Like one of my favorite quotes of the bowl season was, Oh, I'm playing. These are the guys that got me here. There's no way I'm not playing with them. Like he was. All right, give me Ole Miss minus one. Yeah. Boom. In. And uh, Jeff Levy is staying too. And I think it's part of this mindset of 
we want to finish what we started. And I don't know if Brent Venables is thrilled with that, but I think you got to give him a ton of credit for staying there to call the bowl game and stay with his quarterback. So, yeah, yeah I think screws up Caleb Williams. Yeah, right. <laughs> Very good point. Um, you got any feels? Yeah, I'm going to join Tom here with Ole Miss. Uh, I think Ole Miss actually is pretty excited to be in the Sugar Bowl. Mm-hmm. Um, I do believe in Baylor. I think they're an improved team. I, I think Dave Aranda has done a tremendous job this year. But their offense really is not very good. And I know Ole Miss's defense is not good, but it is improved, especially if you take out some of the, the pace stuff. My like the reason I'm not going harder on this is because Aranda has done a really good job against some of the spread stuff. Like look what he did to Lincoln Riley. Now obviously mm-hmm. Levy doesn't run the same thing uh, as they do, but um, yeah, go ahead and give me Ole Miss here. I, I think this is the right side uh, in in the ball game. I'm just not confident or confident that Bader can score enough. Let's uh, let's lock it up. I'm with you guys. Woo, unity. <laughs> You were talking about before about motivation from a quarterback, although I will say this, early returns on that out of the Duke's Mayo Bowl. Sam Howell wanted to be there too. Doesn't look like anybody else did at North Carolina. Is he still? I, yeah, right. <laughs> Maybe he opts out of the second half, uh, pulls a Tylen Wallace. Uh, I, Matt Corral, to me, playing is huge. Uh, it, it was one of like, and I think when you're evaluating talent, and it's between him or Kenny Pickett, who's going to be the top quarterback off the board, I like Kenny Pickett a lot. I wonder if NFL teams will look at this game as an opportunity for Matt Corral to sort of separate himself. And I think the mindset of finishing what you started will resonate with NFL scouts too. So I like the Rebs here. All right. And then finally, uh, after that New Year's Day game, we'll have uh, Sunday NFL, Monday NFL, and then Tuesday, January 4th, one last bowl game. It is the Texas Bowl, LSU in Kansas State in NRG Stadium in Houston. Kansas State favored by three and a half over under a 48. You know what's going to happen? I'm going to be watching this game on that Tuesday. And I'm going to be like, man, there are too many bowl games. <laughs> <laughs> I, I got nothing for this, but I have no idea. Like LSU, I don't even know who's left. Who cares if they care who they want to play? I have a, I think Kansas State's going to show up motivated and ready to play, which is why I would take them. It's just fundamentally I'm kind of opposed to taking Kansas State minus three and a half against LSU. <laughs> so Kayshawn Bouquet is coming back, right? But is he actually playing in this game? Have we seen that? I have not seen that. I'm looking for that info. I, I bet this pretty hard when it was pick and plus one. Um Three and a half, as Tom said, is definitely a, a different number. Um, for Locke's purposes, I will go ahead and lay it with Kansas State. Nice. I don't think, L- I don't think LSU wants to be here. Uh, I already had – so I made – anticipating some opt-outs for LSU, I made Kansas State six and a half in this game. I've been thinking LSU's kind of BS all year, as you guys know. Like, that was kind of one of my early things. So I'm going to keep – Riding that, uh, Damone Clark's not playing. Uh, Neil Farrell is not playing. Uh, Trey Palmer is in the transfer portal, the receiver. Although we do know that you can play if the staff wants to let you play, as we saw with WKU. I got burned on that. Um, Nussmeyer 
do we know exactly what's going to happen with Nussmeyer in this game? Mm-hmm. Because if he doesn't play, like this game will burn his red shirt. Which is stupid, by the way. Yes. Because he's got three appearances? Four, maybe. Uh, four? four appearances. Oh, so then this would be the fist would burn it? Yeah. Which is yes. just That's Both games shouldn't be. I, I think he'll play, personally. And burn the red shirt? Yeah. Because, I mean, I think it's an opportunity to, to put another, another game on film in front of Brian Kelly. Obviously, Max Johnson is transferred. Miles Brennan uh, is not transferring, but he's not going to play in the bowl game. Chris Kleiman, uh, they have a new offensive coordinator, and that's it as far as I know. And they do expect the quarterback to play. Skylar so, Thompson. Yes. I think LSU is just not a very good team. Don't hate it. I'd be on Kansas State, if anything. Maybe uh, tag it with some dumb college basketball. Tag, tag a Kansas State money line with the college basketball play just to get spicy on a Tuesday here at the beginning of 2022. But uh, no uh, play for me. All right. Um, before we get to our money line sprinkles, uh, a quick review of where we're at. Tom is on Tennessee minus seven, Wisconsin minus seven, Alabama minus 13 and a half, Arkansas minus two, Iowa plus three, Ohio State minus four, and Ole Miss minus one. Chip is on a loser, North Carolina minus 12, but don't mark it yet. Wisconsin minus seven, Alabama minus 13 and a half, Arkansas minus two, Kentucky minus three, Michigan plus seven and a half, Notre Dame, Oklahoma State over 44 and a half. Danny has... Purdue plus seven and a half. The North Carolina, South Carolina under 57 and a half. Cincinnati plus 13 and a half. Wake minus 16. The Kentucky, Iowa under 44. Utah plus four and a half. Pitt plus three and a half. Ole Miss minus one. And Georgia, Michigan under 45 and a half. Bud's got Tennessee minus seven. Wisconsin, first half. Team total over 12 and a half. Bama, Cincinnati, first half under 30. Arkansas minus two. Kentucky team total under 23 and a half. Ohio State minus four. The Notre Dame, Oklahoma State under 44 and a half. Ole Miss minus one. Notre Dame minus two and a half. Kansas State minus three and a half. We got ourselves a a bar fight two on one. Uh, Tom and Bud against Danny in Tennessee, Purdue. Uh, two and one. Chip and Tom against Danny in Alabama, Cincinnati. And then Tom and Bud against Danny. Ooh, two. So we got Tom and Bud against Danny. Danny fighting all alone in both Tennessee, Purdue, and Ohio State, Utah. Very interesting for our stats. Outright lock fights include Iowa and Kentucky, Tom against Chip, and uh, Notre Dame, Oklahoma State total. Uh, Chip is on the over, and Bud is on the under. Our lock unity, Arkansas minus two, and Ole Miss minus one. Shout out to the SEC. And, I th- and then lock agreement, Wisconsin minus seven with Chip and Tom. Bowl sprinkles. I got one. How many money line sprinkles we want? I have two. Okay. I got a couple. Mm. Got a I, well, I'll just go ahead and start. Michigan. Good value. Coin flip chance they win. I'll, I'll go ahead and uh, I'll, I'll sprinkle that Michigan. I'm with you. Nice. So what I almost feel like I don't know if Michigan covers like in a tight game. I ever feel like they get blown out or they win outright. You know, I just 
And I think it's either their year or it's not. And I think if it's their year, they're going to win. And I do. I have. I have. I, I like this Michigan team. I think they're playing with a ton of confidence. I have no idea where is Georgia is mentally. I mean, JT Daniels, the fact that we're even considering making a change at quarterback, I think speaks volumes to the offensive issues. A lot of teams have been in close games for a half and then panicked against that Georgia defense. I don't think Cade McNamara will panic and keep it close, and they'll come out in the end. So I don't, you don't have any. Don't have – just come on. Give me one. Right, uh, Give me one money line sprinkle here for the bowl season. All right, um, you want Iowa? That's what you want. I was going to take Iowa. I got Iowa as a as a yeah. What is the rest sprinkle. of your sprinkles, Danny? Yeah, I got Iowa. Iowa. Yeah, give me Iowa. And uh, give me Penn State. Penn State, I can give you plus one ten. All right, so Bud, you said you're on Iowa too. Yeah, I mean, if I I, I probably should pick one. It's in the spirit of bowl season. Um. I'm not betting this, by the way. Like that plus three in that game is pretty damn valuable, and obviously the under twenty three and a half. But yeah, I I am on Iowa plus one twenty six as well, and in my screw it, why not money line sprinkle? Just because who knows? Central Michigan plus two forty. Hey, who knows? Right? You know, they just Jim McElwain lead them on over from Arizona to El Paso. Why not? Watch that game on CBS, or you can watch it for free on cbssports.com or through the CBS Sports app. We are going to be back with our college football playoff instant reaction show. That's right. It's, it's just like our regular instant reaction shows, which means that when the Orange Bowl goes final and we are all tied up with our responsibilities, which hopefully will happen very quickly, shortly after it's done. Are you live blogging the Orange Bowl? Uh, no. Okay. That, that'd be a good start. If I am, nobody's told me yet. Okay. Well, and if, if that's the case, then we're all in trouble. But as soon as the orange bowl goes final or as close to it, we are going to be at youtube.com slash cover three, breaking down, uh, what happened in each of the cotton bowl and the orange bowl, as well as some of the other highlights from the new year's Eve games. And of course, since we will have our national championship matchup set, our initial thoughts, on what is going to come in Indianapolis about a week and a half later. So youtube.com slash cover three, go to the notifications, smash those notifications. And oh yeah, depending on where you are, that means that you get to spend your new year's Eve with cover three might break out the tux again, might have some champagne. Who knows? We'll see. Only time will tell. And only you can find out if you come join our new year's Eve celebration, uh, new year's rocking Eve with the cover three podcast recapping all of the college football playoff. Are you going to say something, Tom? I am live blogging the Orange Bowl. Okay, so hopefully it is a blowout because I think we can have as much pre-written as possible. You can follow him on Twitter at Tom Fernell. You can follow him at Danny Cannell. You can follow him at Bud Elliott 3. You can follow me at Chip underscore Patterson. Gentlemen, thank you very much. Thank you. See ya. This is Tony Kornheiser's show. I'm Tony. We expected someone else. 
So what exactly is the show about? Hmm, I don't know. It's a sports show nominally. Football's over, but we're finally at a point where things matter in college basketball and baseball season is on deck. Greatest three words in the English language, pitchers and catchers. We have some of the best voices come on and explain what matters or what makes an upset, like Ryan does, <laughs> nine over eight. No, that's not an upset. No, yeah, it is, Bob. And if you're lucky, I might just tell you about my search for discounted sleep pants or my worries about what my dog just ate. Listen on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts.